In case you missed the big announcement on last week's episode, Themis Bar Review is now the official season sponsor for Legally NYC. You may be thinking, why is a bar review company sponsoring a podcast that is focused on law school life? Well, the easy answer is that Themis is so much more than just bar prep. Their resources for law school are second to none, not to mention they are free. They have law school essentials courses for 1Ls and for those in their 2L or 3L years. Each course features online videos, comprehensive outlines, and even practice questions so you can test your knowledge before it's tested on your final exams and eventually on the bar exam. If you haven't seen a Themis attorney rep on your campus and are looking for free law school essentials materials, sign up for it at themisbarsocial.com slash legally NYC. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Legally NYC. This is your host, Erin. We are so excited to have you back for another week. I hope you've all had amazing weeks, days. However often you're listening to this, maybe you just listened to the last episode. Um, So today I have a guest with me. This is Tay. Tay, do you want to tell the people your little elevator pitch? Who are you? What do you do? Sure. So I'm Tay, and on any given day, I'm wearing multiple hats. I'll start with the biggest, I guess, part of my identity right now, uh, being a corporate lawyer, also a dog mom, which I would say, I think actually probably right now, dog mom is my biggest identity. I love my dog. He's just (laughs) literally my dog is my child. I'm also a content creator on social media, and I work with brands to create sponsored content. And recently, I started my own business where I offer tips and guidance to other content creators and influencers, as well as branding and marketing advice to entrepreneurs. Yes, we absolutely love that. Multifaceted woman. You do lots of things. (laughs) All the things. All the things. (laughs) Yes, I would agree. Dog mom is probably the biggest half, though. I also have a dog and like she comes first. That's, that's definitely, I I would definitely agree. I feel I've been a corporate lawyer for longer, but my dog is everything that, that I'm I'm wearing his name on my necklace. So that's my everything. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. That's so cute. I used to have a matching necklace with my sister's dog because I claimed him as my own, Mm -hmm. but, um, I now have my own dog. So I was looking at things to get us like a little matching thing, like a little tag maybe for her collar. And then I can have a necklace. But um, got to find the right one. <laughs> I'm all about the 20. We always match. He has a bandana in every single color. He has more bandanas than I have clothes. It's a problem. I love that. I actually have lots of sweaters for my dog. <laughs> <laughs> so she'll wear like little sweaters. She has a rain jacket. People love her rain jacket. They're like, oh my God, look at the little dog in the rain jacket and rain boots. I'm like, she's, yeah. I know she's cute. Like she's bringing joy to the world. Yes. Everyone needs to see it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Tay, I'm going to ask you a few more heated questions. I'm okay. sorry, they're not heated at all. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Um, so 
you're in New York City now, but where are you from and how long have you been in New York City? I'm originally from the Virgin Islands, believe it or not, born and raised, and I moved to the U.S. to go to college. I was in Philly for four years before coming to New York. I'm age myself. How long have I been here? <laughs> <laughs> Over 10 years now? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I'm officially a New Yorker. 10 years. Yeah. I, I, the funny thing is I went to Penn and everyone at Penn comes to New York and I was so tired of Penn. I was just like, this has been a great four years, but I need a break from all of this. And then I ended up here because I got an amazing scholarship at Cardozo. And of course I couldn't turn that down. So the rest is history. And now I cannot picture myself living anywhere else. Wait, Absolutely. I didn't know you were a Cardozo grad. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I, I did not know. That's, that's where I go. I, I guess that didn't come up when we were talking. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I lived at the Alabama. I'm not sure if it's still called that. I was at the Alabama for two years. Now it's called the Benjamin. 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 I'm sure it's much nicer. I hope it is. It's not. No, I had a couple of friends that lived there last year during 1L, and they were like, we cannot wait to get out. They did it for a horrified dorm room. It's not great, but it's Union Square. So, you know, you kind of. Oh, okay. So it's not at Union Square. So they must have sold the building then. Oh, like Lexington and like 31st or something. So closer to Madison Square. So I guess it's a different building. So that's why it has a new name. They changed it. Yeah. That is. Yeah. I mean, I I could walk to to class. I was still late, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it was just the convenience of it because I'd been in Philly, which it's a city, but it's not New York. So for me, I was like, okay, how do I remove any obstacles to me actually making it to class and mm-hmm. staying on top of the thing? So being able to walk to class was, I guess, cutting that need for the subway out of it. So oh it did help. <laughs> Still <Yeah. was> late. <laughs> Almost every class. But. No. Okay. I'm the same way. So I'm about a 15 minute walk from school. So I don't need the subway. That's why we picked the area that we live in. Um, but I'm still late to class all the time. I do my oh, best, like, but I just, I, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know how my brain works. Sometimes I feel like I know there's a deadline or an appointment on my calendar and I'm unable to do anything else until I actually, like maybe 10 minutes before. And then I want to do everything knowing that I need to get out of the house. It happens yes. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I just like, always misjudge how long it's going to take to do something so I'm like oh I have class at 2 p.m so I can like do other things and whatever and then I can just get ready at 1 15 and walk my dog and leave and somehow still make it on time I'm never right and work out too of course yeah Yeah. so (laughs) and squeeze in a workout Yes. The amount of times actually that I did try to like squeeze yoga in before class last semester and then I was late. Um, so yes, I understand that. <laughs> it's just something about it. And I have ADHD, so like time blindness is a thing. Um, and I so I was confused like my whole life growing up. I'm like, no matter what I do, I'm always late to things. Like I'm either way early because I'm like, this is something that is so important. Like I have to be on time. So I would get there super early or I was late, like no matter what I did, like I would show up at least five, 10 minutes late when I was like, I'll be like five, 10 minutes early. No. And then I learned time blindness was a thing with ADHD. And I was like, oh my God, 
That is my worst ADHD trait by far. My friends actually, whenever they're planning brunch or whatever, they tell me the wrong time intentionally. They'll have two separate group chats where they, they tell me the wrong time with everyone else. And then they actually have the reservation. So I've shown up try, trying to be on time. I was 30 minutes early. And then I get there and no one's there. I'm like, oh, sorry. I think you're actually going to be on time. So it's not for another hour. Oh my God. It's fine. Well, though. I, I, yeah. I totally deserve that at this point. Yeah. So it's no. smart on your part. It's very no. smart. That is smart. I always tell people to do that with me, but it's never been done until my sister's rehearsal for her wedding a couple weeks ago I was like rushing I was like oh my god I'm so late like I'm gonna have to do my makeup in the car and I still like am not like fully ready and I see like the rest of my family is just kind of like walking around <laughs> like doing their thing and I'm like oh. it would be so funny if Caitlin totally lied to us about the time because we're late to everything yeah. and then my mom goes and I was like what did she actually lie to us and then I found out that just everyone um knew the real time except for me and my older sister who is also always late everybody else knew but um I still like they were right because then I was only like just on time like I walked in like right at the last minute so um I deserved it but I was I, like I totally feel that 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 is to a T I try I really it's not intentional I yeah. it really is not intentional like I just totally do not I guess really Mm -hmm. to, I, I really don't really think about how long things take yes. to do. Yeah. And I get things done really quickly. And then it turns out that I was wrong. And I'm yeah. always like, yes, I saw a tip um, to avoid that. It was, oh, like an ADHD TikToker that I follow. She was saying, if you know, you have to be somewhere like count backwards from the time you have to be there. And like, actually time out how long it takes you to do things so like figure out when you actually need to start getting ready so if you need to be at work at 9 a.m she said one of the days that you're getting ready time like literally time how long it takes and then also leave in like five minute buffer room every few things mm -hmm. and work backwards be like okay I have to be at work at nine and before that like we'll say it's going to take me five minutes to like park and walk in because that's also something that I always skip but like, I'm like, it's going to take me 15 minutes to walk to school, but I don't think about like, oh, but then I have to like swipe into the building. Then I have to elevators. Yeah. I skipped that in my thought process. I was like, that's so smart. She was like time the, once you get there, how long it's going to take to get in time, the actual time that it's supposed to take to get there, not how fast you think you can get there by going fast. And then work backwards from there and be like, okay, this is what time I have to start getting ready. And like, it's so smart. So I think I got to try it out. <laughs> I need to do that too. Yeah. I just never thought about it that way. I was like, that's so smart. Usually I'm like, okay, I want to wake up at this time. So in an hour, like I just got to squeeze everything in and whatever works, works. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really smart. I need to do that. Yeah. So that's a good tip for everybody listening. If you're yeah. always late to things, maybe try the working backwards and figuring out what time to start getting ready thing. I or have, have your friends lie to you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's always the best. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see. I forget what question I even just asked you. Oh, it was because we were talking about Cardozo. I said, yes. how long have you been in New York? Okay. So you are from, where was it again? 
The Virgin Islands. Okay, Virgin Islands. That's what I thought. Okay, from Virgin Islands, then you were in Philly for school. And everybody that goes to Penn comes to New York. Yes. Ended up in New York. It No, honestly, I didn't know that was a thing until I moved here. And so many of my friends are from Penn. And they're like, oh, yeah, Uh all my all of their friends from college are here. And I'm like, but Uh you went to Penn. But they all just collectively moved to the city. Yeah, I think it's because of Warren. Well, Warren, like, they're all going to be here for, I mean, that's where they're working to to, to end up here. Okay. And I just think in general, I guess I didn't realize, like, how entrepreneurial everyone at Penn was. Yeah. They were all doing something. <laughs> like, there's so many of us that ended up starting our own business. And I was a poli-sci major, so I really didn't even think I would be doing this. I didn't even know what type of law I wanted to practice. Did not think I would be doing this, for sure. So, it... It's, it's weird. I, I definitely think it just breeds like future CEOs. Like if that's the only thing that makes sense. Cause a lot of my friends are just starting their own businesses as well. Yeah. No, honestly, I feel like that does make sense. A lot of the people that I do know, other than my law school friends, like we are, we're obviously in law school. That's our thing right yeah. now. Um, but I feel like a lot of their friends are either like starting their own businesses or like they're working in startups. Like they're yeah. kind of in that mindset. Yeah. Um, which I love. I love that type of mindset. So like, if that's oh. what Penn's like cranking out, they should keep doing it. I love it. <laughs> I didn't love it when I was there because I didn't understand it. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to be around those people. But now I'm like, okay, this makes sense now. I was meant to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I was for a reason. I was, I was put there for a reason. So yeah. How did you um, end up at Penn? Like, did you know you wanted to be, were you in Philadelphia before you no. started college? Okay. This is, this is, this, this this story will explain who I am and how I operate. Oh, so okay. I was, in, I was in, I was in, I remember this, this day very clearly. I was in this college prep application session in high school with one of our guidance counselors and we're going through the application process and we're just like bulk applying to different places. And I really wanted to go to Columbia because at this time I was, I read an article in Cosmopolitan, I think, and I was convinced that I wanted to work at a PR firm and do marketing and PR and it's so, so cool. <laughs> then, so that was, that had always just been like my top school, but I was applying to all the Ivies because, you know, I went to college prep school, which is what you do. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't have any attachment to Penn. I just was like, fine, I'll apply. Mm-hmm. And then I remember there's this girl in my class and she was like, are you really applying to Penn? And I was like, yeah, I think so. But no, I think I had said, Oh, they have an additional essay that I have to complete. I'm not really sure if I want to apply. Then this girl overheard it and she was like, well, you know, if you're not, if Penn isn't your top school, you shouldn't apply because it's my top school. And I was like, what tells me what to do? Then you so then to I, apply. I was like, I applied and I wrote the best essay ever. And I was the only person who got into Penn that year from my school. I so for me, it, it was just the, how you question me and tell me what to do. And I think that just really explains how I am in life right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people are just like, don't do this, or you shouldn't do this. And I'm like, why not? And I do it and I'm successful. And I kind of use that voice in my head to really motivate me to do things. Yeah. yeah I mean, shout out to girl because I ended up at Ben, honestly. Yeah. I, I honestly would not have applied because I was I was very lazy. I was like one of those smart, lazy kids. Things came really easy to me in high school. So I didn't really have to study hard or try very hard, which is very easy. So for me, writing an additional essay, I was like, I don't really want to do this. 
But then it was that motivation from, well, don't do it if you don't really want to. That got me going. And I'm really glad it worked out because I didn't even end up getting into Columbia, believe it or not, after being highly recruited by them. I had two recruiters come down to the Virgin Islands for me to recruit me. Didn't get in. Yeah. Did not get in. Then I got into Penn. So meant to be that's what that is for a reason that's Seriously. the world telling you like you weren't meant to be at columbia you were going to be in new york later exactly you had to go to Penn. right i i love that story i feel like i operate in a similar way where if somebody also tells me like no you can't do that or no you shouldn't do that i'm like oh watch me i'm like watch me that <laughs> i'm gonna do that yeah yeah but i feel like that's that can be like a really good mindset to have because otherwise I feel like the flip side is just that then you're like, Oh, like maybe I shouldn't do it. And you like, kind of like question. So if you have the mindset where you're like, no, I'm not going to let people tell me what to do. That's like a, it's a better way to kind of look at it of like, no, other people are wrong about me. Like I know what I can do and what I want to do. Right. It definitely, I guess I didn't even think about it in that moment because it was just I just did it, yeah. but now looking, at, you know, in retrospective, like looking back on my life and the choices that I made, coming to New York, going back to law school to get my tax LLM when everyone else was saying, no, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Just take a job that's like guaranteed. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. It, there are just so many instances in my life where just betting on myself and tuning out the noise really was the best way to go. I love that. Such a good mindset, which like this episode is going to be a lot about like mindset and balance and stuff. Um, But before we jump into that, I have one last like overview question for people to get to know you a little more. Um, More also still along the lines of like how you ended up where you are. So did you take time off before law school? Did you stay in Philadelphia or did you apply while you were still in undergrad? Yeah, I applied while I was in, still in undergrad because I don't even think I had entertained the option of doing anything else. Because again, I was a poli-sci mm-hmm. major. Now, I didn't really know what I would do with that besides just going straight through to law school. And I think maybe it, it's changed now, but I think Penn, at least the pre-law program, was very much so you're going straight through. There were a, pe- a few people who took time off, but I don't think they were as sure about going to law school as I as I was. Everyone who was in the pre-law program pretty much went straight through. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was the only option. Yeah. And I, I, again, looking back on it, I really wish I had more of an open mind because I was so anti-New York. I didn't apply to NYU. I didn't apply to Columbia until literally the last day before the deadline to apply and I got waitlisted. I'm thinking to myself, have I just given myself the opportunity? Yeah. I could have totally got into better schools, but you know what? If everything happens for a reason, I'm really glad that I went to Cardozo because, again, having a full scholarship really took the pressure off just a degree so I can kind of just really focus on school and not have to worry about paying for basic things because my parents paid for everything up until college, but then for law school, they were just like, you're on your own. And at New York, as you know, is not cheap. Oh my so gosh. I think that everything happens for a reason. A lot of my friends who went to other schools and were in the same place, by the way, um, have a lot more student loan debt than I do. So I think that it may have taken me a little bit longer to get here, but at the end of the day, you end up where you're supposed to be. Yeah. 
No, I love that. And I, that's so amazing that you got a full scholarship. Um, I don't have a full scholarship to Cardozo, but my very large scholarship to Cardozo is why I picked it over um, other schools. I applied, um, I don't know how much you know about the past few application cycles, but I graduated in 2020 and I was planning to take a year off before COVID even hit. So I'm like happy that that's what I'd planned to do because I, I don't know how you learn virtually, but I'm not the best virtual learner. I just can't stay focused. I think it's partially because I have ADHD. So like, it's hard for me to like, just look at a computer when it's in front of me. So I'm happy that's what I plan to do. But then it turned out that everybody decided to apply to law school the next year. It was 10 times more applicants than they'd had in the past decade. So um, a lot of the schools that I would have otherwise at least been waitlisted at, like NYU, um, I did get waitlisted at UPenn and Duke, but all of the other like T14s that in another year, I would have at least been waitlisted, probably would have gotten into a couple because I was on the cusp. Um, Worst application cycle ever. NYU, when they finally rejected me after holding on to my application until after I sent my deposit to Cardozo, um, the email said we had over 10,000 applicants. And NYU takes a class of, I think it's between 200 and 300. So, wow. yeah. So that it like hurt my pride a little bit at first that I didn't get into any of them. But then when I received that email, I was like, okay, like this is like not my fault. Like I really did the best I could any other year, I probably would have gotten into these schools that I wanted to go to. So I was like, it just like wasn't meant to be at one of those schools. And then um, I ended up with a full ride at St. John's, but it was contingent. Um, I had to stay in the top, top 80%, which I was like, odds are I'll be in the top 80%. I don't plan to be in the bottom 20% of the class, but just on the off chance that like, I had a bad semester, some life event happened that like I really wasn't doing well. Um, Just having that like contingency would have been a stressor that I don't think law students need more stressors. I totally agree. Yeah. So I was like, I can't do that as good as it would be to have that. I'm like on the off chance, like I can't be stressed about having to pay full tuition the next year. Um, And then Fordham, Fordham also like crazy amount of applicants. I did get in there and I ended up with about a 50% scholarship, which is still like really amazing for Fordham, especially in the application cycle that I was in. But Cardozo gave me like 50,000 a year. So I really only owe them like 10. I think they upped their tuition this year now. So I only owe them like about 15,000 a year. Like in the grand scheme of my options, I was like, that's like really not bad for the like so many people didn't get scholarships. A lot of my friends are at Cardozo because they couldn't even get into Fordham because of the application cycle. And that's where they wanted to be. Um, So crazy application cycle. But my scholarship is also why I'm at Cardozo was the point of that story. Honestly, I I know people like say getting into T14 or whatever, it's that's what you want. That's I feel like people think that if you're outside of that, you're kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, SOL. I'm definitely living proof of that not being true. Yes, you might have to take, you know, a little detour here or there, but you end up in the same place if you're actually willing to do this and this is what you want to do. So I personally think being less or taking on less debt is always going to be the best option because, yeah, so what, maybe you get into a big law firm, 
few years earlier or your top firm a few years earlier than your peers, that maybe 100,000 or 50K less that you have in debt is significant right now. So a thousand percent, you made the right decision. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. At the time, I did not think I was making the right decision, mm-hmm. but Same. at least you were smart enough to give yourself options. I didn't even apply to Penn. Wow. I did not apply to any IVs except for Columbia, literally the day before. Mm-hmm. I was, I think I, I think I applied to Yale, but that was it. I really was just, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm trying to get out of this Ivy League world. But I really wish I had given myself that opportunity just yeah. to see what would have happened because you never know. But ultimately, I definitely ended up in the right place. And you, I can tell you right now, you definitely made the right decision. De- I appreciate that. I question my decisions all the time. So like having that affirmation. <laughs> Definitely did. Because I think a lot of times, like just think about this, like say you had gone to a, a school that's like ranked higher mm-hmm. and you didn't have any jobs, but then you still have that debt. So that bump in rankings really wouldn't have made that much of a difference. Whereas now, yes, you still have some debt that you're taking out, but I think it frees you up to pursue different things that maybe wouldn't have had the luxury of being able to even entertain just because you don't have as much debt to worry about. So trust me, financial freedom and getting closer to it is definitely the key. So if you have less debt, I definitely think that's the right way to go. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like that's good advice for anyone to kind of like give yourself the options Yeah, that most times less debt is the best way to go. Um, and kind of what I did in that decision process was I picked like my three top cities that I was looking at. And like, I applied to a range of schools in each of the cities. And then ultimately, once I had like my acceptances, um, and I knew where I could go and how much money I'd be spending, I then like looked and I was like, I really want to be in New York. And then I looked at the best option for me in New York. Just ultimately, I think like kind of picking giving yourself options in the different cities you're looking at and then picking which city you want to be in and then going with like the best option money-wise in that city Yes, is the approach I took because I had, I had a full ride to a school in Boston, but I was like, I ultimately don't want to be in Boston. So, yeah. and that's the thing that if you're not going, if you go to a T14, like if that's the choice you make, you can kind of go anywhere after that. Like you can be recruited by big firms anywhere. If, big firms are what you're interested in. But um, if you don't know that you want to do big firms or you think you do, um, going in the city where you want to work and your best option there, I feel like is good. So thousand percent, thousand percent agree. I was in a similar situation because I got into Vanderbilt and I got partial scholarship, but Vanderbilt at the time was pretty pretty high ranked. I mean, it was concept was considerable. That was going to be like probably the best school I'd gone into, I think. And I just didn't go. Cause again, that was for me shortly. I did not want to live in Tennessee. Yeah. So I, would it have been a great experience? Absolutely. Would it probably have opened up opportunities? Yes. But I, I thought that it was too big of a gamble and I probably would have opened opportunities regionally at really good firms. And I knew that for me as much, I think at this point, point I had come to the conclusion that I do want to be in New York so it was between New York and Miami and I think those were the two that I was really kind of between in terms of where I want to live Mm -hmm. so Miami would have been good just because I could be really close to home and I can get home quickly um just a quick flight and then New York because it's just New York Mm -hmm. and I know I didn't want to be on the west coast because that would be too far from my family so for me it was pretty much just two it was New York or Miami and I ended up in New York but I, I completely agree with you 
that if you're outside of the top 14 law schools or whatever, it definitely makes a lot more sense to be in the city where you want because you can, you're, you're, you have the opportunity to network. There are a lot of like the event that we went to um, a few weekends ago, perfect example of that. It just, especially if you're in New York, I mean, even outside of law, there's just so many networking opportunities. So it definitely makes a lot of sense just to be in close proximity. If you can't live in the actual city that you want to potentially yes. live in, yeah. be like if you're in Jersey or, you know, Connecticut or something, that would be a lot better than being across the country or in some random place just because you went to a school like and I, I would just say that, like, I agree with you. It's outside of the top 14. Top 14, you can pretty much go wherever, you know, you can move around. But outside of the little, it's a little risky. Yeah, I agree. And I got that advice. Um, or when I was in undergrad, we had a pre-law fraternity and we would have speakers come once a week. And we were always getting mixed advice of either just go to the best school you get into or um, and then other people would say, go to school where you want to work. So eventually I like came to the conclusion in my head. I was like, what makes sense is to go to either the best school only if it's really in that like T14, otherwise yeah, yeah. regionally. And it's because, like you said, of networking events, um, like for those of you that don't know, Tay and I met at Empire State of Law. Um, I'm about to record. It was so much fun. If there's uh, another event like that, I'm absolutely going and I I love I'll tell all of you guys about it. <laughs> it was so amazing. Honestly, I can't even tell you. I would have never met any of any of you. Like, I would not have met you, but yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. And it, there's so many people, like, we went to Cardozo. I mean, I don't go to alumni events because I just don't really go that much socially because I'm always working. Sure. But <laughs> it was totally worth it because I think I got, like, maybe three years worth of networking done in three days easily. Literally, connections I built from just that weekend—it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, no. props, props to props to them. They just totally killed it. Yeah, I, it, it, I was just impressed every single day. It was just wow, you really brought together mm-hmm. such amazing people. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I didn't know what to expect going into it, but once I got there, I was like, "This is like so fun." Shout out to women getting things done. I know, right? Oh my God. Level Up Legal, Shermeen, amazing. I've had Shermeen um, on my podcast before. That's actually how I first like learned about Level Up Legal because I had, um, have you met Avery? She was yes. on the, yes. Oh, I haven't met her. The funny thing is I follow her on TikTok, but I didn't actually get a chance to talk to her mm-hmm. in real life, unfortunately. She was like, I think she left before, right after her panel, I didn't get a chance to talk yeah, to her. Yeah, she wasn't at all of the events. Um but she was at the welcome event Friday and then she was at, um, she was, yeah, she left after her panel. She was like yeah. the afternoon and then left. But, um, yeah. So I actually had Avery on first. She was like the first law talker that I followed and kind of what got me into like creation because I was like, this is so cool. And I was like, it's such like a niche area. Like yeah. I wish there was more content out there like this. Yeah. And we've seen it grow like exponentially since I first found her TikTok and I've seen her grow through it all so that's been really amazing since I had her on when she was um not it was like after she'd been on TikTok for about a year so she was Uh like super super big at that time so it's been really cool to see her grow and see all the things that she's done um amazing and she's so inspiring She's honestly like, she's the best. And she like has connected me to so many different people. 
Um, I was like talking to her like before Empire State of Law. We're planning a time to record another episode this mm-hmm. time. We're going to do one about like mindset and grades because I know she's always been really open about talking about her grades in law school. Yeah. I think that's a really important conversation to have. But um, yeah, so I actually had Avery on first and I found Level Up Legal through her because like um, she like went to meet up with them before she worked for them for a bit. She just went yeah. to like meet up with them in New York and I was like, oh, this is a really cool firm. So I reached out to Shermeen and she and Bianca came on and we did an episode about social media in the law. It was amazing. But so I've been following along since then. Yeah. And I saw they were having Empire State of Law and I was like, oh, I got to check that out. Yeah, it was so great. Honestly, so great. I I can't say enough great things about it. I was just that there are just so many areas of law that I really didn't know anything about. Like yeah. cannabis law. I was just blown away. There's just so yeah. much here. I was like, what is this? Because I'm in my little investment fund bumble- bubble mm-hmm. and I kind of just play around with that. There's a lot going on there. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot going on there. But I don't really see much outside of that because for various reasons, we can't, my funds can't really touch that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, industry. Yeah. So uh, I don't really see much of it. It's kind of just in our disclosures. We don't mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> But I was just really fascinated by it. I learned so much. And it just just to learn how lucrative of an industry it is, there's just so yeah. much going on. And I had no idea. I think that was the great thing about the panelists as a whole is that it really gave you an inside look into very niche areas of yeah. the legal industry that most of us do not really get to really interact with lawyers in those in those industry or those practice groups so it was really interesting and insightful no I totally agree uh there was so I learned about so many things that day like I know nothing about um oh my god what is it the um not blockchain what's the um like the cyber do you know I'm talking about like the cyber all that stuff like I won't even pretend I see like I'm trying to understand NFTs for me, I just don't know if I have enough mental capacity to take on something new right now with that. Yeah. I power to the people who are really pioneers in this industry yes. and really doing the legal side of things. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it to them. Leave it to the experts. Um, yeah. There's a lot there. I, <laughs> I won't pretend to pretend to understand it. It's so confusing. I my roommate, one of my roommates, um, she goes to Cardozo with me. The other one works in HR. I'm currently at a law firm, but um, she works in HR, but the other one is in law school with me and she's into that like type of law. So I'm always asking her questions and like trying to explain it to me, but it just, every time it goes right over my head, it's like, I cannot grasp how something that doesn't exist, like is actually like worth anything. Like it doesn't, it just, I like, I don't know why, but my brain like can't grasp it. I'm the same way. I, if I can't conceptualize something, mm-hmm. it's just really hard for me to understand. And sometimes I get frustrated and I'm like, I don't yes. do this anymore. No. It's just, it's too hard. It, I, I'm the same exact way. So yeah. I, I totally get it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like decentralized. And what are we even talking about right yes. now? And like, um, I feel like a lot of times people also, there are people who genuinely know what they're doing. And I think those were the experts that we saw. Yes. And there are a so lot of smart. You could tell they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But then on TikTok, especially, there are a lot of ex 
experts, air quotes, or just that they throw these buzzwords out. I'm like, do you actually know what this means? Because yeah. you didn't actually say anything in this 15 seconds. You just said buzzwords, Web3, NFTs, crypto. I'm like, well, what did you actually, what does any of this mean? You just said 20 words. I don't understand anything. So I think that's probably where my confusion is coming from because I'm trying to learn about this through TikTok in a 15 second video. Yeah, honestly, that's so true. I think at least one of the panelists they said makes, I think YouTube videos mm-hmm. about it. So I feel like maybe if I watch like a video that he has of explaining like the basics, yeah, maybe I'll be able to conceptualize it a little more. I was trying really hard sitting at that panel. I was like, okay, like I kind of understand it but I still don't get like how this started. Yeah. And like my roommate um tried to explain to me crypto, specifically Bitcoin. And I was like, but how does Bitcoin have value? Where does it come from? And she said, they find, you can like find more Bitcoin, like mining in the digital world. And I was like, I don't know what that means. How are we mining in a computer? Computers are made by us. They're not, it's, you know. It's so strange when I found out what mining actually meant. I still don't know. I was more confused. Yeah. I was more confused. I still, I don't understand. I think it's, I was a sociology major. Mm-hmm. So I think it's partially the sociology brain of mine too, being like, everything is just like made up. It's all just like a social construct. So yeah. I'm like, this just isn't real. Like I couldn't see myself investing in something that I, like, I don't see it as real. Like, I feel the same way. Like, I, I totally feel the same so way. Confusing. Investing in property, that yeah. makes sense to me. Like buying a house like yes yes I get that investing in property I get it investing in even stocks make a bit more sense to me because it's like you own a piece of the company's value and the company you can conceptualize it in that way you can kind of understand it big picture but this it's this I think one day it will click that's usually how things for me one day, like it's going to be years from now that I like hear it explained in a different way. And then everything else that I've learned about it will like come together in my head, like a light bulb moment. And it's just going to like click. (laughs) That's what they were trying to say. Now I get it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping that happens. So I'm not like, I'm, I'm surrounded by people that like to talk about that stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. (laughs) I know. I I just like when people try to make me feel like I should understand it. Yeah. I just try to tell them, well, my clients are not really interested in that. And yeah. I have a lot going on that is way more complicated than you would ever understand. So yeah. it's okay. I already have a lot going on in my mind now that I'm getting paid to learn about. Yes. So I think I'm good. I don't need to do this until my clients are paying me to learn how to do this. And then so you'll figure it out. Good. Yeah. Because other people are just like, when there's something new and buzzworthy, they want to show off and I guess quiz your knowledge on something. And it's just, no, I'm good. Thank you. I, I have a lot going on. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, some people are like that. They just want to like know about everything new. And I'm like, I just don't have the brain capacity to learn about no. everything new. Like our brains no. aren't that big. No, but my a lot brain, going on already. No, like I'm more into like, I don't know. I guess like I'm more into like the in terms of law, like the creative side and like learning about the IP stuff. Yeah. Because that is kind of relevant to like what I do and what I think I might want to do. Yeah. But um, so like learning about, I don't know, that 
it's just it's too confusing for my brain but my roommate keeps up on it so when I need answers I know I can go to her because that's what she's interested in yeah so we've got like different legal interests so if I need to know something about that I'm like I go to Grace Grace knows that she is my we call her our resident finance bro because uh-huh. she's into like all of that financy stuff she was I think she was an economics major in college her other option was to be a um oh my god what are they called? What are the money people called? I'm so tired today. Banker? No, no, no. Like, um, she wanted to be, hang on. The word's going to come to me. Give me a second. I've got to summon it. An accountant. Oh. An accountant. That was her other option. So she's super into anything that has to do with like money and investing. She's the right choice. <laughs> yeah. So, and the, she now wants to go into, I think like M&A stuff. Yeah, is what she's interested in. But so whenever we have like my other roommate and I, we know nothing about like stocks in the financial world. We always go to Grace and we're like, Grace, <laughs> explain this to us, please. Well, there's living proof that you can be someone who still doesn't understand that stuff and you're yeah. still working in that industry. Yeah. So I work with investment funds and I just need to know what I need to know, which is I'm focused on tax Mm-hmm. and transactional tax so when it comes to setting these funds up i'm helping them structure mm-hmm. their various entities to taking into consideration the needs mm-hmm. of their different investors and what they're trying to do based on their uh, investment objectives and yeah. investment strategy so mm-hmm. living proof no <laughs> econ background no business or finance i didn't take a single class at wharton when i was at penn and i'm doing this type of law so is Wharton the business school right yeah okay and even though at the time when I was at Penn Penn was number four uh college in the country I still felt like I was going to like a not great school because of the fact that Wharton was number one and the uh students who were in the business school made the lowly college kids feel terrible, which is just crazy to think about it because you're the number four school in the country. And I felt like I was like a second, <laughs> second class citizen just because Wharton was number one of number one. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, again, it doesn't matter where you started. You can end up in the most wild, I guess, profession or industry that you had no intention of ending up in and yes. just thriving. Yes. So mm-hmm. I didn't need to have that background. And yet here I am. So anything's possible. Anything's possible. Okay, everybody. So um, we just took a little break from recording and we were talking about how we've been talking a lot. So we're going to split this into two episodes. So you are not overwhelmed with like an hour and a half of us talking straight. So um, this was a little get to know Tay. And then later this week, we'll be coming out with the mindset episode. So um, listen into that. But Tay, do you want to tell everybody where they can follow you? It was so much fun having you on for this half of the episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm primarily on TikTok. I have two accounts. I have the Corporate Dog Mom, which is where I share my work humor because it's easier to love myself versus crying. So it's my first account. And I also have the Corporate Creator where I share tips and resources for entrepreneurs and content creators and influencers. So those are my two primary accounts, but if you actually want to message me, I'm also on Instagram with the same two uh, accounts, the corporate dog mom and the corporate creator. And you can also find me on YouTube now. Just started a channel Ooh. two days ago. 
I posted one short. It's really just a repurposed TikTok. So don't have high expectations right now, but that's coming soon. So yeah, any of those social media platforms. Also my website, if you want to reach out to me or check out any of my products or services, just the corporate creator.com. Yeah. And um, in the next episode with Tay coming out later this week, we're going to talk more about her um, products. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Her products and services that she offers and her different groups that she has that you can join. Um, So listen in on Wednesday to hear more about those. She has some great communities that you can become a part of. But um, yeah, so again, you can follow us, of course, Legally NYC Podcast. It's Instagram and TikTok. Still working on the TikTok. Still not sure quite how to use it for the podcast. Um, But you can follow my personal TikTok. It's erin.lindsay13. And I'll put tips for law students on there. And my Instagram is also erin.lindsay13. But um, yeah, this was a great first little half of our episode to get to know Tay. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear all of the tips that we share with you on Wednesday. All right. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 